Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Good to have you here. It is Counterpoint. We got a couple of, we got one new face. So I'm pretty happy about that. Melissa Lanceman joining us for the first time. Conservative campaign strategist over at Pub, uh, Hill and Knowlton. I always get that name wrong. Ooh. And Omar Khan, uh, also over at Hill and Knowlton. Double whammy. I know. You guys <laughs> must have the most uh, fun at your office, eh? Oh, we shared a cap. Oh, it's, good that, it's good that you have one conservative working there, though. Uh, we have several conservatives. Oh, okay. You just don't have them on your show. <laughs> <laughs> They're welcome. It's the liberals I'd like to get on. Okay, let's talk a little bit about what happened today at Queen's Park. Justin Trudeau meeting with Premier Doug Ford for their first meeting. Not sure it's the best time to call the Premier basically a dum-dum, but he, he was saying in response to the Ford government announcing that Ontario was no longer going to foot the bill for asylum seekers flooding. And here, here is what Mr. Trudeau said. It didn't seem to me that the... Premier was quite as aware of our international obligations uh, to uh, the, uh, the uh, UN Convention on Refugees uh, as he might have been, so I, I spent a little time explaining uh, how the asylum-seeking system works and how our, our, uh, our, uh, our, our system uh, is supposed to operate, uh, but at the same time I, uh, I uh, agreed that it would be good for our officials to sit down and get clarity on how we can actually work together uh, to ensure that we are uh, holding true to our values, but making blah, sure blah, blah, that blah. our okay. immigration... He talks and, too much and says nothing. We got the gist of that. Melissa, the bottom line is, and you can mince and, and parse and split these words up, the federal government is responsible for immigration. They created this mess by saying, come one, come all, and now they're flooding across the fields. Absolutely. Look... The, the federal and government, let's, first of all, let's call these, um, these asylum seekers what they are. They're illegal border crosses, crossers. Yeah. And the, you know, the liberal government invited uh, anybody to come to Canada via Twitter, um, and now there's a problem. And that problem squarely sits uh, with the federal government. Now, let's go back to what Trudeau said today. I'm not sure that that's the smartest uh, tack to take at a time where... You know, he's facing opposition from sort of the, pre- the, the premier of the largest province on the carbon tax when he needs the premier from the largest province um, on NAFTA, on, yeah. on figuring out, uh, you know, how we're going to deal with our friends in the U.S., going out after a, uh, yeah, after a meeting and insulting his intelligence, probably not the right tact. Yeah, I'm not sure um, Mr. Trudeau should be explaining immigration himself because he, in one tweet created this mess and left Toronto with a 65. This is not about being, you know, not generous and uncaring, but we have a $65 million tab now running of people that we will no longer be able to house and help. So that's a gross oversimplification of what he put out on Twitter. So he put out, the prime minister put out a message uh, after the president, President Trump implemented a ban on, or tried to implement a ban on all Muslims entering the United States. That's not what he did. Okay. That's that's an over-exaggeration. He tried to implement a ban on all Muslims from seven countries Muslim entering the United countries States. countries that Obama had yeah. also done. But anyway. So, so, anyway, so, his, tweet, so his tweet was, uh, was directed broadly, in term, and, and I think it was aimed at indicating that, on, that Canada, Ontario as well, but Canada is open to people from all countries, from all faiths, from all religions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Look, I don't think today was a great day in terms of communications for either Premier Ford or the Prime Minister, to be honest. I would have used a different tact in uh, my, my comments if I was a prime minister today. 
I think what, would, what should he have said? I think so. What he said, the substance of what he said is true, right? So Ontario, so Canada is subject to international United Nations conventions that apply due process to anyone making an asylum claim. Sure, but it doesn't yeah. say you can walk across fields after you've been if, in the United it States. Says but if let's... It says if you walk across the field and make an asylum claim, you have to go through due process. So, you know, you can set up camps on the border, and, you know, if you want to advocate for that, that's the legitimate policy piece to advocate for if you believe in that. Um, this government's chosen not to do that. But, but so, so I'll, you know, back to the original point, you know, I think... The substance of what he was saying was fine. I probably would have phrased it differently because Ontario and Canada have to work together. This country and this province have a lot of important issues in the next you know, few weeks and months to come. Uh, and I think we need a strong collaborative relationship. I also say you know, the, the government of Ontario press release today or statement that came out of the premier's office was probably overly inflammatory as well. Uh, you know, they need to work together. You know, I think we, all, both sides on this need to be very careful on rhetoric. We, we need to, you know, this issue can be used by some, not anyone in this room and not anyone, I think, in the Premier's office or in Ottawa, to, uh, who perhaps don't want Canada to be as open a society as possible. Hold they, on a second. I, I, but, but Melissa, we need to make sure that the rhetoric uh, is reasonable and it sticks to rhetoric. the substantive issues. It's not rhetoric. Melissa, I mean, You're absolutely right. It's, it's actually not rhetoric. There is a process uh, for people that come to this country legally. If you look at um, if you look at Ford's support base, if you look at Ford Nation, there is all kinds of different people. Absolutely, many of whom have come to through the immigration system. Uh, <laughs> through through the immigration system, they waited in the queue, they waited in line, and they got uh, you know they got the services uh, that Ontario provides. That's services like. Um, uh, you know, employment supports, language training, things like that. There is a number of refugees that are not making it in um, because of these illegal border crossings. This is, we're talking about 27,000 people. And by the way, Quebec has been given way more money than Ontario. And frankly, I mean, if you're, yeah. you're going to bring them in, and I'm going to move on to cap and trade after this, if you're going to bring them in, I, I don't think it's wrong to say, hey, you got to help pay for this. So bottom line, bottom line is, you know, the courts are supreme. People deserve due process. If they're if they're here illegally, they get sent back, and most oh, of them are sent yeah, back. But you know, uh, but, but, you know we, 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 let's just not let's just be very careful in how we message this this issue. We we, okay, we don't we, want to sow division unnecessarily. Yeah, we also don't want to pay for a bunch of people popping over the border illegally. Period. Okay, let's talk cap and trade. Um, there was also a conversation about that behind closed doors. Doug Ford is already uh, dismantling it. However. Um, Mr. Trudeau seems to think that come hell or high water, this is coming into play. Ideally, we work uh, with the provinces. Failing that, we will ensure that it is still applied right across the country. Melissa, uh, you know, we've got Saskatchewan now, Ontario, and probably soon to be Alberta. I, I think Mr. Trudeau is in trouble on cap and trade. I think I think you're right, and I think that you can add uh, probably Manitoba eventually to that mix. You can probably add a couple maritime provinces that are not going to meet the targets to that mix. And then when you're talking about your constitutional right to tax people, you're losing. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, at, at the end of the day, we just had an election here for sure, 100. percent It was, it was uh, a good Mr. Day. Ford won a strong majority government. But 60% of Ontarians voted for parties who believe in carbon pricing of some form. So let's just, you know, understand that for a second. You know, I don't think it has to be an either-or scenario here. We can have a price on carbon and have policies in place 
to ensure that those revenues that do come into government coffers go back to the people yeah, who need them the most. It just never happens. <laughs> it well, never you know, happens. That's look, why Australia look, got rid of it. Sorry, dude. Well, look, there, there, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna relitigate the the last election. We, you know, you know, nope. I've, you, yep. you and I have done that many times. <laughs> All I'm gonna say is that there is a value to having clean air. There is a value to having renewable energy jobs in this province and across the country. And there's a value to encouraging uh, companies. Uh, gradually, which is what the cap-and-trade program is going to do uh, to reduce their carbon footprint. What we're now going to have because of a decision, a policy decision of the, the, the incoming government, uh, incoming government, which was their right to make, is we're actually going to have a carbon tax now imposed by the federal government, which we wouldn't have had before. It'll go to the Supreme Court. I'll give you a last point, L- Melissa. Look, a, a, a cap-and-trade is a carbon tax, and if you're talking about programs that get money out of the door, these are poorly planned programs. Let's talk about the Green On program that was uh, that was cancelled uh, as part of uh, as part of the wind down. This is a program that ran out of money in two months, was three times over budget, and in some cases costed $525 per ton to reduce carbon. Now, if we're talking about a $50 carbon tax, I don't, I don't know what the merit of a $525 yeah, ton no, is. No, I got it right. Right. Uh, Yeah, no, we couldn't afford that. We just could not afford it. And given the feds can't even tell us how much it's going to cost, I don't really trust that they even know what they're I love about. clean air. Uh, yeah, and we have it. <laughs> thank God. Uh, quick break here at 829. I also like money in my wallet. Uh, we'll take a quick break, and we will come back to Michelle Rempel's comments about Mr. Trudeau and... Mr. Trudeau himself, who might be jogging in the streets of Toronto right now without a shirt. Quick break here. We'll be back with Counterpoint after this. Alex Pearson on point on Global News Radio. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. We got Melissa Lanceman and Omar Khan joining us tonight. Let's talk about Mr. Trudeau. Um... I, I guess he was reflecting on uh, what happened with a reporter 18 years ago. He was, of course, meeting with the premier today at Queen's Park. And meeting or mating? Well, I don't know. Mating. I don't know what uh, he might be into that. I don't think Mr. Ford is, though. Um, he didn't. Uh, he was asked by reporters about what happened 18 year go- years ago. He was asked four specific questions. And here is the final response he gave to the question, will you have an independent investigation. Take a listen. This lesson that we are learning in, and I'll be blunt about it, often a man experiences an interaction as being benign or not inappropriate, and a woman, uh, particularly in a professional context, can experience it differently, and we have to respect that and reflect on that. Um, Omar, mm-hmm. I thought no meant no. So, I mean, honestly, yeah. that like, if I'm a feminist group, I am outraged by the fact that he just basically said it's what she thought, and then there's what I think. That no, sounds I don't, I don't uh, think like that, mansplaining. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's bit? what he was trying to say. I think what he was trying to say is that men need to be educated to the fact that sometimes an action that a man may perceive as benign actually isn't. I think that's what he was saying. I don't think he was excusing. I think he was saying men need to be aware of this. Look, you know, to this case... That's not what he said. I, I think that's what I took. But you're you know, a man. I, I think that's, you clearly interpret differently. I, I think that's what he was. I think that's what the prime minister was trying to say. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, we have a case here where an allegation was made in print. So it's a real allegation. 18 years ago, uh, the person behind the allegation has chosen uh, not to come forward and not to relitigate for whatever reason. I think that's something we should respect. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I think the Prime Minister and his team probably could have been a little bit clearer and faster uh, in terms of responding to this issue. Uh, 18 I years? I, no, well, uh, you know, for, for sure. But it came up like a couple of weeks ago, right? I, I, I would have probably dealt with it much sooner than they did. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, you can have an investigation, but you need to have a, a plaintiff to have an investigation. And right now, there's no plaintiff. Okay, but but you also can't suck and blow, Melissa. And so, and, and when you're telling me you're a feminist, look, this doesn't right. I think this is clearly an issue of credibility. I think somebody who is a self-proclaimed uh, uh, feminist who went to the G7, who made feminism a top priority, who uh, who had a, a gender uh, budget, who had sort of gender parity in the... Uh, in his uh, first cabinet, because it was here, 2015, here. Uh, somebody who has said, you know, it is zero tolerance for this. Uh, somebody who says, you know, no means no. This is uh, this is a big issue for him. And I think even further than that, I think it's a it's a bigger credibility issue because it's been 18 years. Why are we hearing about this now? Well, look, yeah. Massimo Pacetti. We, we also don't know what the allegation was. It right? was it, but the point is, because of his own words. It doesn't matter. Every woman's to be believed. Whether it was a slap on the bum or a tweak of the whatever. Who knows? It doesn't matter. We don't, we don't know what it was. It doesn't matter. The point is she came back from whatever the event was. She was distressed. Yep. And he has fired four MP, MPs for, for much less. And Not appara- fired. He's had investigations and some have had to step no, no, aside no, no, from no. responsibilities. Kent, Kent got an investigation. I, I recall Massimo Pacetti and, and Scott, uh, I don't recall his name. After last investigations. No. But, the, but, but the facts were different. So in those cases, you had, you had plaintiffs now, today, going on the record. The plaintiff gave him a condom. What's to interpret on that? Yeah, I'm look, sorry. I, I think I think I'm, I'm not going to get into that one. Now. I, I think there's a lot of women that have watched um, Trudeau boast about his uh, uh, his his con- uh, commitment to feminism that are going to have a lot of questions, uh, and I think that's a problem for him yeah, going into an election. I don't think it's good politics. I, I like I said, I think this has become a larger issue than it needed to be. You know, if I was advising the prime minister, I would have said, go out on day one, yep. say, look, if something happened, I can't remember, I can't recall, any, I, I don't have, any, I don't have any recollections, yep. but it doesn't matter. If something happened, I'm sorry, uh, and I'm willing to talk to this person if they want to do it. I'm willing to take some counseling if I need to, whatever. I, I, I just think that it could have been dealt with a lot quicker and a lot faster. At the end of the day, I believe the prime minister. Um, you know, I, I also believe the accuser. I believe that the accuser felt that... that Distressed but how do you to, believe both? <laughs> so I believe I believe that I believe I be- something happened no, and didn't happen I all at the same that, time. I believe the prime minister uh, cannot recall his any, apology. Uh, no, I I believe the prime minister cannot recall any negative interaction, and maybe even at the time he didn't realize that something he may have done uh, but, but could have been again, perceived that way. But I also believe the accuser in that. Clearly, somebody felt distressed enough to write an editorial about well, it. But, but so, Melissa, the reason so, so it doesn't fly here, is because right? he apologized. That's right. So that's the other problem is that he apologized to her. And the apology, by the way, was, you know, not as a woman, but that because she was a reporter of a national paper, meaning that if she was a, a local radio person lowly on the totem pole like me, I mean, she wouldn't have cared. Not the best choice. Well, look, I think choice. if you ask him the same four questions tomorrow, that we'll get different answers. So what is the story? Well, what is the story? All right, let's talk about we, Michelle yeah, Rempel. At least he's taking reporters' questions, unlike well, certain new premiers that have just been elected. But we'll, well, and we'll that see. went very well for him today. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, Michelle Rempel, conservative MP, because she is going after the prime minister, um, basically saying... 
that he's like Harvey Weinstein. Um, you know, quote, well, I'm sure Harvey Weinstein said that he also couldn't recall things either. Over the line. So sometimes, um, <laughs> sometimes we could choose our words uh, more carefully. I'm not I sure actually, I would compare him to a Harvey Weinstein. I actually don't think that, that uh, that's very helpful in the context yeah. of, of, of talking about sort of issues uh, around this, issues around uh, sort of behavior and conduct in, in, the, in the workplace. Uh, Harvey Weinstein is an egregious um, example. Yeah. And, Hyperbole uh, is the, your biggest enemy in com, uh, in communications, right? And we experienced this in the campaign. We 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 in the Liberal Party came out and early on and started comparing uh, Ford to to Trump, right? And the the problem with, with with when you take things too far like that is you, you lose credibility both with the media but also with the broader public. And I think that's what's happened to Miss Rempel today. Well, you know, and, and it's because he's been charged with sexual assault, multiple counts of sexual assault, and I don't on any. He's uh, probably going to jail for like. Well, very years. well could he very well could, and I'm not. Sh- I would never put the prime minister into that category, not on a complaint of this, but yeah, the rhetoric can get everyone in trouble. Look, I think we all agree that the prime minister, uh, the prime minister, owes an explanation. To to the many women out there sort of still asking questions. Um, but otherwise, I also, otherwise, it really strikes at his brand. That's the problem for him. It, it erodes the brand that he worked very hard at. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I think it erodes a very, very important voter coalition for him. For sure. Uh, coming up onto, uh, onto 2019, I think we, uh, we can all agree that uh, Mr. Trudeau is more popular with women than he is with, absolutely. Uh, with men. And, uh, you, you know, he's going to have to explain that. Live by the sword, die by the virtuous sword. All right, guys, I got to leave it there. Thank you. Omar Khan, Melissa Lanceman joining me tonight. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.